this is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. We are Two Teachers Talking, a podcast about education, teaching, teaching English, teaching English in Japan, and anything else related to what Tony and I are going through and experiencing as educators in Japan. And today we're going to be talking about what are we call coordinated programs, which can either be a blessing or a curse, don't you think, Tony? Yes, it can very definitely work both ways, but before, and has worked both ways. <laughs> it certainly has, <laughs> based but, on our experiences. But so, but is that what do you mean? Is that a coordinated program? Because I mean, even that by itself is because the definition can get pretty slippery. Yes. Well, I don't even know different what types, it, right? Too right. Yeah, right. Right. Well, always for step number one in any pr- discussion is define your terms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, co- by coordinated programs, I think Tony, what we're talking about are the programs that put some kind of direction and give teachers directions on how they will go about their teaching, what they're supposed to teach, what they're supposed to achieve, even how to teach, or the very, very, very structured coordinated programs that even will tell you how many minutes you spend on any given activity and give you those activities or tell you what to do. Would you agree that that's a reasonable definition? Yeah, we can work with that. Yeah. Yeah, you can work with that. Do you want to add anything to it? No, no. That, okay. sound, that sounds good because I, I think if you, we try to uh, make it any more specific, I think we run into trouble. So I think I think that works really well. Right. And so just to fill people in, because again, I think not all of our listeners are in Japan. That most people um, who are teaching English in Japan, Japanese universities work under a variety of different organizational concepts, shall we say. And, for example, you work at a number of different schools, I think, Tony. So can you kind of describe how, you know, how the different programs work? Because I think a couple are kind of <clears throat> coordinated. Some of them are totally uncoordinated, and you have complete independence and freedom. Isn't that right? Yes, and some schools have a, have a combination thereof. So, yeah, I think at, at, at one end of the spectrum... Um, I'm given a, a course title, and what I do with it is pretty much completely up to me. The school gives me some information about what they expect the student levels to be, and um, sometimes some you know definition of what they expect. You know, some vague outlining of objectives or, or goals, um, and but everything after that is completely up to me. A choice of textbook, um, what I do for grades. Uh, what the student you know activity is, what the what they have to do for a grade, what the what the specific classes are like, what happens, what kind of activity, all that is completely left up to me. So you're and, not really working in any really well. No, that, that's a full scale coordinator. Well, that's at one end of the spectrum. So that's oh, that's, that, one that, end. that's one end of the spectrum. And uh, at the other end, right now, I have. <clears throat> my uh right now I'm not and nor have I ever worked in um one of the uh schools in which everything is decided for the teacher for example you show up uh and are, you are given a a page or a number of pages in the textbook that you are expected to cover that day um sometimes I think if I've heard I mean, almost like a script to follow and uh, your, there are those uh, your, programs. Your right. ninety minutes that are your ninety minute classes, you know, split up for you. You're going to spend twenty minutes on this. You're going to spend half an hour on this, 
you're going to spend 10 minutes on this. I've not had to do that at all. Um, with the one exception, when I first came to Japan working for a conversation school where they were, uh, it was uh, much more uh, controlled in terms of, yeah, this is what you, in fact, in that program, I was the person doling out, <laughs> deciding what was going to happen. It's like, okay, today you're going to do this, you're going to use this activity, and you use that. But you know, you follow a pattern that the school wanted the teachers to follow. So that's at that, and that's at the other end of the spectrum. The, the schools that I'm at now fall somewhere in between. Some of them are again, I'm I'm pretty much on my own. Uh, some of them have the obje- have just the, kind of the objectives uh, set out, and I tell the school or suggest, propose how I plan to uh, attempt to achieve those goals with the kids and they approve or they make suggestions. And pretty much they've left me on my own. Uh, there are some specific requirements in terms of grading and uh, school uh, student product that uh, I need to, uh, those expectations I need to meet. But how I do it is pretty much up to me, which is what you described uh, in, in, in the description um, uh, on another school where I'm s- sharing classes with another teacher, and so the, the textbook is pr- prescribed, and we, the, the the way that I've and other teachers at the school basically work things out is like one teacher takes the even chapters, the other take, the teacher takes the odd chapters. There um, had been a common exam, and they've kind of gotten away from that and letting teachers uh, choose their own method of, um, of final uh, evaluation. Um, another school where the textbook is chosen and there are some required specifically listening activities, but the rest of it is pretty much left up to the teacher. So I'm not in a, any situation right now where I'm really in a tightly controlled, coordinated program. Uh, there are some, I'm, I have some total fr- schools where I've got total freedom with classes and I've got some where there's some minor bit of coordination but not much mm-hmm. yeah i've worked the whole gamut that whole range that whole spectrum and i just last year i was working at one program that was very similar to that very much it was i think it's a it's a good way to call it they're scripted programs mm-hmm. and that's something i was thinking about it's a little bit off from what you were talking about but while you were mentioning things I was wondering if anybody had ever done any research on comparing the results between one of those tightly coordinated scripted programs, what the language gains are in terms of learning for students versus, you know, a wide open program. Well, with re- with research like that, it what makes it difficult is the the variables that you want to include. And, you know, my thoughts with um, coordinated programs often is like, well, the 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 poorer teachers that you have in the program, the more benefit coordination is going to be. Right. Uh, it, 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 coordination, my, my opinion, um, it, its its main advantage is mi- minimizing damage by bad teachers. Hmm. Um, it keeps people on track. It, 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 at the very least, it sets those objectives, which is you know kind of a, an important thing because uh, there are some schools that don't do even that, right? And... Um, in that that kind of total freedom uh with a you know a poor or a abusive teacher or you know whatever it you know whatever form of that malevolence might take I and mean, there's no monitoring and who knows what's happening in the classroom at and but at the same time if you've got really hot teachers who are 
artists, you're you can you know that kind of thing can hobble them. Yeah, well, I think you and I have worked at a place where we had some really we worked alongside some very um, talented people. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and we saw what could happen in that situation with just you know setting out objectives and goals and letting people have at it. I mean, that's always a beautiful thing to watch and see. Um, and that's also, you know, in my opinion, the best way is to have a program that gives me clear goals and objectives that I'm supposed to achieve, either in the semester or in the year, and then trusts me to get to those goals and objectives. Well, I that's the ideal for sure. Yeah, that is really and, sweet. Yeah, and I think that's the ideal of uh, the core standards, the common core standards in America right now, is that everybody will be exposed to something similar, the negative side. And we should actually get a whole podcast on this as, again, just what happened. How do you do something like that without creating a testing regime? For Yeah, and, um, imposed yeah, yeah teaching to the test, right? Right, a teaching you to want, the test, which yeah, is... But for people, maybe you want to give like a little thumbnail sketch of the, of the common core. People might okay. Not be up yeah. on that. Yeah. Basically, the Common Core is a set of, you know, basically subjects, and within those subjects, what students should learn, so that when they graduate from high school, they have a, a shared amount of knowledge. Let's say that they've achieved, or you know, that they've learned, and. I think something like forty-two out of all the fifty states in the United States, because in the America. Um, education is basically driven on a state basis, not on a federal basis, unlike most countries. 42 or so of the states have plugged into it and are accepting it. So what they do is they implement these common core standards of what should be taught and what students should learn. And I'm just editorializing here. The only way, of course, to discover whether students have learned the subjects and have the subject knowledge and the skills or the abilities they're supposed to learn is to test and, you know, you can run with it from there. You know where I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. We get The net result is maybe a good idea, law of unintended consequences. Teachers will have to teach to the test because the common core standards also gets tied into measuring teacher performance, which, again, is a whole other story. But that's basically the common core. Mm -hmm. And there are universities that are focused on programs that want to achieve very specific and very clear goals, and they script their classes, which is what you were taught. We were talking about before. Whether or not you can compare those to Common Core, I don't know, but it's it's an interesting question, just in the sense that there seems to be this movement everywhere towards a more of an emphasis on testing, which somehow, I don't know, Tony, what do you think? You think that's driven by this interest in data-driven education, evidence-based teaching, and somehow we're getting misguided. But that that's a whole other podcast, isn't it? It's a, it's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other yeah. podcast that we could talk about. So that's basically the common core as much as I understand it. Um, there are, for example, in international schools, because my daughter goes to one, the International Baccalaureate Program, and they have their primary years program, their middle years program, and a diploma program. And that pretty much very carefully spells out what students need to be exposed to and what activities and lessons and you know areas that they need to learn 
but I still think it leaves a certain degree of freedom to the teacher. But I think peep, some people might chafe under those limitations. So I guess what we're really looking at, Tony, is you know, what are the pluses? What are the minuses? What are the good points? I see good, as you said, a coordinated scripted program really helps, let's say, a teacher who might not be so gifted or so able to actually go in and do a good job, right? Or or, or even experienced, right? So, I mean, the, the actual ability of the teacher might be just fine and everything might be right in alignment, but maybe just doesn't have the experience, for example, to put mm, yes. together a curriculum that makes sense for either the program or the students uh, in the classroom, right? So experience is a really big part of it. So, for example, that in that conversation school that I worked at, um, where I did not have a lot of teaching experience and the people that I worked with did not have a lot, if any, teaching experience, um, that wasn't really a bad thing. I mean, because that that was the time, that was the, the business. These were the people that were hired. They, you know, if you spoke English... You're a teacher, and that bit of structure there was, I'll be honest, was actually helpful for me. Mm. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't, I would, I would do, if I, you know, going back, obviously I would do things very differently now, and I would <laughs> say, well, no, you need to change this, and I'm not going to do this. But at the time, um, it wasn't a bad thing. Okay. So I think that's a good point in terms of experience. It mm. really helps someone understand how, for example, a syllabus is put together, you know, and how it actually can be implemented in a curriculum and how one subject relates to another. And I think that's a good point. That's a very, very nice point. I think also for, I hear this a lot from people who I've, when I talk to them about coordinated programs, they like it because they say it's a minimal amount of work. There's very little prepping and planning compared to having responsibility for your own class. So in one sense, it reduces the teacher workload as well. What do you think? Uh, Yes. That's a long yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my precious. (laughs) Um, And uh, and I was like, yes, I think for uh, a lot of people, that does mean that, yes, it's a reduced workload because it eliminates the preparation. In and I'll, but I'll also counter by saying, but I think in my case, it just makes it harder. You know, I understand that because <laughs> <laughs> they got to figure out. So now that they've told me what they want me to do, and so what I've got to figure out is, uh, assuming you know, just taking a look and seeing what what I agree with, what I disagree with, and how can I serve both masters? How can I keep the system happy by doing what I have to do? And then with the parts that I may or I assume that there'll be some parts that I don't agree with or think that maybe are a waste of time. Wait a second, Tony. Something you won't agree with? (laughs) Well, I'm not, you know, I I can't assume that everything that, you know, that is going to be handed to me is going to be bad, right? And you see what it is. I'm just saying. I I might not. I know what you're saying, Joe. I know what you're saying. (laughs) Let me say it. Let me say it. I want to put it on air so it's there permanently. Your default position (laughs) is like mine. Healthy, healthy cynicism is not a bad thing. You know, healthy skepticism is not a bad thing. You, no, you no. Know, skepticism. 
respectable criticism and skepticism is needed. A critical mind. Critical mind. That's right. That's isn't it amazing. Why, why are you <laughs> criticizing? It's amazing. All the people. That'd be great. I have this image of you know some people getting together to create a critical thinking <laughs> curriculum for all of us, and everybody kind of going, "Well, why? Why are you being so disagreeable?" <laughs> okay. No, no, no weapons allowed. So yeah, exactly. Check your check your weapons at the at the edge of the town, and so what was the question? <laughs> You were saying about so, okay, but finding workload, what's workload, agreeable, right? disagreeable, right? And workload, how do you workload, serve, workload, workload, right? workload. So yeah, so some workload. some teachers, um, yeah, the, the okay, that's cool. I don't have to do anything. I can just come in and and paint by numbers, which we, you know, a term that we've used before. But like for me, it, it makes more work because I've got to figure out how to squeeze in the things that I think are essential and important for the students that I have, and at the same time keep the system happy. So. Yeah. It it doesn't make less work for me at all. I, I'm much better off on my own, I think. Um, mm. Again, my opinion. <laughs> Others may disagree. Uh, but to have like a, a blank canvas rather than have the outlines all sketched out for me. Yeah, I think if you gave me the choice of those two very, very opposite options... I would choose the blank canvas. That would. Well, be, we talked before right. about it. Like you said, I think it was your analogy. You talked about jazz, right? Right. Exactly. And improv. Yeah, that I would rather have a blank canvas to work at than to be scripted. I was actually thinking of many, many years ago. I went to see Keith Jarrett hmm. when he was playing classical music. Yeah. Right. And if any of you um, out there listening don't know Keith Jarrett, Keith Jarrett's one of the great jazz pianists of all time and one of the great improv. Imp- what improvisational masters can i say that yes masters at improvisation just unbelievable i think his what is it the cd it's the Coln concerts right Don't that's know. just you should listen if you haven't ever heard it it's just him sitting down to a piano i'm writing and it down. improvising yeah. and actually if you listen carefully enough you can hear that the 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 piano's a little bit out of tune and he actually works with it you know mm. but i watched him this is a jazz guy okay and i watched him play classical music and the best way to describe it is i think um i was going out with a woman at this time and she said it was like watching a caged panther or lion or some kind of big cat just restrained by a cage trying to get out you know Hmm, (laughs) and that's that's, pretty cool yeah and that's it was it was it was very stressful actually there was so much tension because this is a guy who really knows how to improvise and you could see that he was having to stay within each note and that's kind of the feeling i get when i'm in a scripted program you know there's there's something comes up and you think oh i could really do something really nice with this and every teacher knows that feeling of those things that come up in the class that you've not planned for and they just spontaneously arise and it's a great teaching moment can't do it can't run with it so yeah i think i'm like you in the sense that i do like prefer the blank canvas compared to the scripted program but i think one of the problems maybe with scripted programs it also matters who's doing the scripting i've been in programs yeah you know where i'm going with this oh yeah too. big point big point depends on who's scripting how much experience Jeez. do they have you know are they new i mean i once worked at a program where the people scripting the program were just out of master's programs and had minimal amounts of teaching experience. And I remember I got 
the lesson plan, and I looked the first day lesson plan. <laughs> <laughs> and it said... Pages one to five. No, 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 no. It said, class introduction or something, one minute. Take roll, two minutes. And then it said, text pages one, you know, this activity. <laughs> and I was just thinking to my, you know, I looked at this, I looked at this, and I remember I, I, I turned to somebody and I said, they're 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 giving me two minutes to take roll on my first day, you know, and it was. I said, "Does this person, whoever designed this, have any have they, idea of? Develop- have they ever been in a classroom?" Well, I could, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> Can you imagine me self editing? What an amazing thing! It's one of like the three times in my life that I actually self edited. Well, I know you're making this up. No, well, that, that I self edit. <laughs> The three, the three times I'm making up. You're right. I'm lying about the three times I have never self-edited in my life. I've never had that kind of ability. But I, 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 I just, you know, I said, does, does, you're not giving me any time to develop the class dynamic. You're not allowing me to develop any relationship with my students. And they were just totally, no. Why would you want to do that? Shocking. Shocking. So I've been on that end. <laughs> And, of course, you know, these are obviously, you're right. You look at that and you say, this is obviously somebody who's never taught. This is somebody who has no experience. This is, I, I, you look at it and you kind of go, this is, and if it's somebody who's never taught, this is somebody who didn't even take the time to, like, you know, toss this out to a few teachers and say, what do you think? I mean, to specify the amount of time that I can take role, which is... It's insane. It, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's insane, exactly as you just said, because that's the magic time. Right, you're taking role. You look and you notice, for example, I'll notice that one of my students changed their hair color or cut their hair or something. Right, mm. great opportunity to say something and make a comment and interact with the students in front of the class and let them know you're noticing things. Just oh, there's all kinds. Of, I, mean, I know, just I know. Talking about role, right? I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do with that. You can assign some kind of like response to it, and it doesn't have to be anything deep. It can be like you know, you're. Look, I'm going to call your name. You tell me your favorite food. Right. Um, you, I'm going to call your name. You tell me what you what you did last weekend. I mean, whatever you know, whatever it is. That yeah, you, you can make it into a review session. Anything. Yeah, I mean, anything you want to do with. You but know? not if you give me two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> not if you give me two. <laughs> well, and you know me. You know, we've known each other for a long time now. So you can imagine how I responded to all this. I don't think I was very popular at this place. So I hate, well, you know, I, I would that. just let me just throw out what I would do. And I hope no one that who employs me is listening. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes then I would look. I mean, like you would like go back and ask about it. I would look at it, and I would just it would just go right to the trash. Yeah, Inter- well, <laughs> it's like sorry, this is nuts, and uh, this is not something I need to look at. And if you know you get called on it, you keep your mouth shut. I'm sorry, keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut, and nod and smile and say, okay, I'll. I'll, I'll well, I'll that's do the better. difference. That's the and then difference. And, and then just keep doing what I'm doing. That's the difference between being an experienced teacher is you look at that and you say, okay, fine, no problem. And then you you make sure you get through the lesson in your own way, but you ignore the silliness. Right. And by the way, for any inexperienced teachers out there who are trying to learn and for anyone who's doing this, one of the great things is that teachers have a lot of freedom in the classroom. 
yeah, we talked about that before. It's like right. you really, yeah, you really got to be aware of that, and it works for you and against you. Right. And yeah, you close that door, and you close that door, and it's your space basically, and you just have to maintain your professional ethics and your your responsibility, and you know, so that's the difference, right? Fifteen years ago, seventeen, eighteen years ago, I would have argued about something like this. Mm. Somebody gives me something like this now, I think to myself, okay, this is somebody who doesn't know anything about teaching. I'll I'll just do my usual thing and move on. Yeah, I've so, got exact. I'm right. But I'm this is the really... problem, by the way. Mm. Can I just, just cool. this though is why so many coordinated programs get go over the top is that they don't want that and they know that that's happening and that there's no way to monitor the teacher, right? Mm -hmm. And it's because they don't have an innate belief in the teacher's ability to do the right thing. Hmm. That is the thing. That is the, the crux of, Isn't of it? this. It's a, it is the faith in the teachers. Right. And it's what you said once about when you were talking about teacher evaluations and you said there are the spike, what did you call them, the espionage questions? The monitoring questions. Mm -hmm. Does the teacher start the class and end the class on time? What is what That has nothing to do with the teacher evaluation. That's for the administration to know whether or not the teacher is coming to class on time. So the feeling I get, I'm sorry, I know I interrupted you, Tony, so please don't forget what you're going to say, mm. is that when I've worked in a at that time in that program, it just was so clear that there was complete mistrust of the regular teachers and this feeling that the people who were creating the program truly knew what they were doing, which of course anyone knows will result in a disastrous relationship between, you know, the people on the line and the people who are making decisions. And it was, it's very true. Actually, that whole program had a very, very, very unpleasant, I think, dynamic and had a reputation that I don't even know if I mean I think they may have recovered by now but at that point I remember it was really a hard place to work and I'm mm. talking about working with really talented people also anyway mm. yeah trust the teacher I think that's well we, we talked about it, we, it, that but that that's also the other part of this right it's like you really can't deal with too many of these issues like in a vacuum you gotta look at like kind of step back a bit Without you know going too too bonkers with it, um, but we, <laughs> me not a, going bonkers. <laughs> about a year and a couple of months ago, we did a, a series of of, the, of these talks about um, hiring and job interviews right. from both the sides of the table. Like how do you hire hire a teacher? How do you interview for a job? And with 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 this, I mean, with this question, um, the key is hiring the right people. Hire the right people and then get the hell out of their way. Let them them do what they're going to do. If, on the other hand, you slack off in the hiring and you take people because, you know, wh whatever they've got, they're credentialed and they they're you know clean, or they're somebody's friend, or if you don't pay enough attention and you hire the wrong people, well then, yeah, you might need that extra control to keep them in line to make yeah so they don't end each of their classes 20 minutes early that they aren't just playing music every <coughs> every week well you i don't think there's that, too much of that <laughs> we know left. we're talking about there but um i mean there's bad apples out there and if you don't weed them out and you hire them well then you're going to have to at the other end you need to kind of control that and so yeah if you're doing a sloppy job on your hiring then 
you're going to need some coordination. You're really savvy with your hiring. Don't don't hobble these people. You know, they're 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 you hire good people who are good. Let them do their job. They okay. they can they can do it. They they know what they're doing. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, you hire the right people and they know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, you hire the right people and they will exceed the expectations and the students yeah. will learn far more. Yeah. So somebody could actually argue that in some senses these coordinated programs actually limit learning gains. But I'm not too sure about that because I think well, that's again, the you, exceptional you, teacher. That's the exceptional teacher. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sliding balance, right? So you've got like who the teachers are and who's, when you have a coordinating program, who's doing the scripting, who's doing the coordination, who's setting the objectives, who's choosing the methodology, if there is one. Um, I, I'm at a school that tends to hire its uh, full-time people from, recruit them from overseas, at, I assume like a at a bargain rate. I Don't, thought you were going to say at a bar room. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, without a lot of uh, teaching experience in Japan, and... Uh, Unfortunately, that I, I, I can I, I know I where say, that goes. I could tell I you say, where that's I going. I say unfortunately, um, but and and so there there's a slight move now to more coordination. Uh, and next year, one of the classes that I teach that until now has been you know pretty much completely left. You know, the teachers have been completely left on their own to do whatever they want to do. Beginning next year. It's going to be much more coordinated. I have not yet seen the plan. So, you know, open mind, um, give them a chance, but not optimistic. Uh, it's, it's been problematic anyway because, uh, in general, the, the school's philosophy is not kind of kept up with the demographic downward spiral of university students. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, it just, oh, it's, just a, it's just that? a fact, right? Just it's like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll fill it in. So I think probably most people know about the, the declining birth rate in Japan that's been going on for decades. No surprise, in, in the 80s, uh, the boom-boom 80s, where the, the future was rosy, um, new schools, new universities expanding – Without anyone really looking at the birth rate at the time, so comes the year 2000, 2010, um, there's a surplus of seats in university classrooms because nobody's been having children for the last 25 or 30 years. So in order to keep these classrooms full, universities are needing to um, dig deeper and deeper into the pool of 18-year-olds to fill those seats. So uh, there are students in our university classes that wouldn't have had a ghost of a chance of admission mm. 25, 30 years ago. Uh, a drastic shift. Uh, and uh, this one of, some schools um, have failed to completely adjust. So at, at you know, the school, they recommend, like, well, yes, we want you to teach, uh, select textbooks at the intermediate level, which is great if you give me students at the intermediate level, but you're giving me students that are elementary level and you're asking me to teach them an intermediate book and they say, well, okay, well, this isn't working, so we're going to have to introduce coordination. It's like, well, you might want to, <laughs> you might okay. want to step back and look at the big picture right. here yeah. and think of really about why this isn't working. It's not, it's not because 
It's denial. It's, not, it's not, denial. Yeah. It's right. denial. It's like, because you're not letting me choose a textbook that's appropriate for the level for my students. Well, actually, you have to turn to them and say, it's already coordinated. You assigned the textbook and you did. it's not right. And now you want to impose more coordination, which should say, no, you don't know how to make the correct assessment. You're making the wrong adjustment. This is proof that this program should give me more freedom. It's like the wrong decision. It's completely everything is wrong about that scenario, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. And that's what's scary is that you and I sit on the other side, which went, wait a second, you just made a big mistake in terms of selecting the textbook. I point this out or the teachers point it out to you. What's your response? Instead of saying, what textbook would you use given the your experience with these students, right? That's It's amazing that that never comes up. Instead, yeah, we, it we, goes we have to, not. Yeah, yeah, we have not been. We have not been polled about what our thoughts were about what was working, what was not working, okay. and, and how we would do that. So, and, obviously, and you said you're at a program now that's going to be moving to more coordination, correct? Exactly. Have yeah, they been yeah, like so. asking you to come? No, in? I just said that's, that's the what one I just you're said. talking no, about. That's what I just okay. said. Yeah, they you want to take a bet? Not been you want to take a bet? <laughs> how no happy no you're going to be in April of next year? You see, I can tell you that that's totally wrong. And this is what really makes me insane. And that's the reality. I mean, and, that, and that's what we deal with. I mean, that's the just, default, we, yeah. isn't it? That people will go in and say, we're going to create a coordinated program. And then nobody sits down and says to the teachers who have been teaching, tell us what the students can do. What can't they do? What can you do? How do you want to work? How do you want to function? What do you think we should do? Where should we go? How should we go about this? Instead, what will happen is a bunch of people will come in and they'll impose a program based on some kind of theoretical constructs or based on some research. Or, But the thing is, is that by doing it that way, and you know how I really feel about this, Tony. We've talked so much about this, right? Sure. They're sure. destroying the relationship for the te between the teachers. There's not going to be any trust there. There's no belief. And you're already going in with a cynical attitude because, you know, how could you do – how could you – if you're going to move to a coordinated program, how could you do it from a top-down basis? You, it's a to yeah, totally whack. Yes, yes, yeah. It's exactly – it's just whacked. Which, yeah, and that was, there's another school – just to give another little oh, anecdote. Please raise my blood pressure very, some more. Yeah, just, well, no, just to give you a chance <laughs> to catch your breath and slow, calm down a little bit. But uh, another place where, yeah, it was kind of somewhat, you know, officially, generally, externally looking at it, yeah, totally top down. And, you know, your, your nightmare scenario where um, – <sighs> The uh, <laughs> now it's my blood pressure that I'm worried about. Um, well, the difference yeah, is it, you go slower when you get angry. <laughs> <laughs> at the uh, at at this place, the um, the one of the coordinators uh, admitted that well, yeah, uh, what and it, it, this was one thing. But he actually did ask for my opinion and things because. Says, well, what do you think? I said, well, I don't know. And then he admitted that so you're sitting down, right? Me? Uh, yeah. Okay. And everybody else up there sit down too. It's like, well, yeah, because you know, I'm, I've never taught a low level class. He's been full time at mm. this place for twenty some years. You know, came in, you know, slipped in at, at an opportune moment, 
And you know, well, hey, good on you. <laughs> it's Lucky like, you. Good, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sweet, because if you're a teacher, which means never a low level class, because you, you you know how hard work that can be. I mean, gratifying, no question. If and you've got the motivated, very oh, wait, if you've got motivated students at a low level, best classes oh. ever. Or or if you, or if you get them motivated, I mean, that's the when the if you can, comes if in. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. When the miracle but I'm just saying, like, my best teaching experience have been with the low level students mm-hmm. where sure. nobody ever gave them an opportunity. And yeah, they were really yeah, highly yeah. motivated, and those classes are just the best. <laughs> They're the so best. He, anyway, yeah. so he comes in. So yeah, he was in, and, and it was it was very informal, right? Because but there were, there had been no system, no, there was no system in place for getting input from the teachers. But it was casual, totally informal, off the cuff. And yeah, it's like, well, I go, no, well, you know, you got to do this, 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 this. And he goes, okay, I'll do that, because I don't have any experience with that. I said, well, I you do. Okay, that's what we'll do. It's like. Cool, but why not make that part of the the system, right? That when you're when you're a coordinator, why not? You've got all these teachers who are on the front lines; they're in the classroom. Use that experience and use that information to inform your decisions. Um, yeah, because that that is that is the Achilles heel of the coordinated program, right? And that, as far as I'm concerned, um, when we talked about advantages and disadvantages. Is that so often that the decisions and the design of the program and so forth and so on uh, is done without intimate knowledge, familiarity with the students that you're that are being taught, students in the classroom, and that is, for me, I think one of my strengths is that when I go into a classroom at the beginning of the year, I. I'm pretty good at like doing a fast needs assessment, um, judging their level, judging what you know, and, and factoring in what the school wants, and who these kids are, and what's going to motivate them, and what's going to work with them, and what's not, and what is my relationship with these kids going to be, and how do I get them to accept, do get excited about what it is that they have to do. On the first day, <laughs> um, if you haven't been in that situation, how can you, from a year or two in advance, decide? Okay, this is what you need to do that second week with these kids. I don't know how you do that without having all kinds of like trench experience, and also building in all kinds of flexibility for the teacher to adjust and tweak what he might have to do with these kids, right? Because uh, go back to the situation with um, uh, a coordinated program, which you are quite familiar, um, when the university itself went through a a drastic change without any real change in the curriculum. So it was a a relatively new school and a very small student population, all-female um, oh, I know where you're talking about. You know, yeah, yeah, you know where I'm talking about. So, and not a particularly high level. Didn't didn't you know? Didn't have the 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 heft, the the presence to attract the best students. But classes were small. Really great set of teachers. Incredible success, and and everything was going fine. Suddenly, big change from up on top. Um, it's going to be co-ed. We're going to open the floodgates. And so we went from classes from 12 kids to 40 kids. Actually, the classes were about 18, weren't they? 
Mm. Uh, okay, because that's the program. You you continued to work there after I left. Mm. Right, so so it was it was well. Let's call it around fifteen. I, I think I, I'm it, just it, trying to remember what it was, but twelve maybe some of the classes. Twelve to eighteen. So let's call they it. They were 15. pretty small though. Classes. They were nice oh, sized. They were, yeah. I know oh, they were beautiful. They were beautiful. It was it was, it was a joy to teach, and um, yeah, they made all these other changes to the you know to the student body. No, <laughs> no correlating change to the curriculum. It's a complete, completely different situation where you've got. 12, 15, 18 willing, malleable young ladies to 40 hoodlums. (laughs) Um, And no adjustment whatsoever. And it's like, well, you you can't do that. (laughs) It's got to be changed, you know, throughout the whole, the whole system has got to change. It's not going to work. And it didn't work. Um, Yeah, it was a, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. And again, all these changes, like, well, you know, how is that going to affect this? Well, it affects everything. But if you've never been in the classroom or in that kind of classroom or those kinds of classrooms, um, you can't appreciate the, the massive shift that that requires. Right. And I think that's a perfect example where the person who is responsible for the program, right, who was the official person responsible for the program, really was not really aware of how to run a program. Right. And then that what you're talking about at the end. And then before that, um, to, to, to give an example of how it should be done, where there was a, a meeting, the meetings were blissfully short because they're part-timers. We don't get paid for that. You come in and your time off. And um, the meeting was not, you know, here, here is what we're telling you, but it's like, you tell me. And, you know, the coordinator asking the teachers, okay, tell me what, what works, what doesn't, what do you think we should do? And the teachers all had their say. And um, the coordinator said, well, huh, there goes my last year of work down the drain. And, you know, to, to his credit, he, yeah, <laughs> he listens, listen. He listened, and he, he just listened. said, "Oh well." <laughs> he he listened to what the teachers said, and implemented their input into the program. Yeah, what? and the name of that person was Charles Wood. <laughs> I, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. But <laughs> yeah, I know, but I, take it. I know. Well, take I think... it. It was. It's it's a holiday season. <laughs> take okay, it. Okay, Merry Christmas to you too. But yeah, I I think that you know we would get around to that because that was the chance where i got to you know really you know do your thing do my thing and it was it was and you, hey kudos man you did a great job and Take i credit. have to, well you know it was a really gifted group of teachers i mean yeah, you have too. to admit well, that and one of the and, things, and who hired them who hired actually them? you i didn't hire there, you <laughs> yeah, yeah, well you were you, hired no, no, you were already you, there you were recommended. Oh, yeah, but you you guys lured me over from the Tondai. Well, there were some people who I – that were And you my, made some people really angry, I think. Did I? I, I Did me make the, people the, angry? They were, they were not happy about me leaving and going to the university, mm. I don't think. Well, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. But I think that was – But that was inevitable. That was just... Right. But that was a program where – so, you know, now that you've mentioned my name and stuff and, you know, we things happened there – that there was a really gifted group of teachers, but I got to put my, you know, as I said, you know, see what I could do. And that's where I did what I still, I mean, I did try to do, which was let's set the goals and objectives. 
Right. And I remember that, you know, these are where you want to get the students by the end of the year and that there would be some vocabulary, for example, in the speaking and listening classes. Right. We said, mm. here's a vocabulary we'd like to cover. And what we did is we did it very sensibly looking at the first 1000 words, mm -hmm. right? Most frequent words. And that's, mm -hmm. of course, coming a lot of pollinations research. And, you know, Tony, also, it's important to point out these were low level students. Mm. Right. Yes. They were very low. And we were able to get incredible gains, I think, because <laughs> the teachers were free to, you know, do their thing. And it was an amazing thing to watch. I enjoyed working at it. But also the idea, it was a little bit, I think, scripted only in the sense of this is a vocabulary to cover. This is the topic because, remember, we wanted the speaking and listening and the reading and writing classes to be using the same language. Sure, recycling the same vocabulary, the, the same, same structures, structures. And sure, get it. Sure, and that, why not? But that was the only reason to script that part out as much. Right. Right. And there was no other scripting. And... I think that I remember we had those incredible vocabulary gains. Remember when we measured vocabulary? Oh, the students... It was fantastic. No, it was fantastic. And and I'm the one. I, and I'm the one who chafes at any kind of control like this. I'm I'm your worst. You know, you got a coordinator program. I'm your nightmare. I'm your worst nightmare because <laughs> just because <laughs> I'm your worst nightmare. But this was magic. This was this was a wonderful time. Yeah, and I think that's because I came in and what I, I did was I based that program on the other program I was talking about. The program I tell, said... Tell us more. Tell right, us where more. I said, you know, that somebody gave me two minutes to do role and do this ah, and okay. do that. That program. Okay. And it was what, reacting against that Exactly. Program. And I, what I, I did I is I said, thank you. You have given me the model of what not to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it I was excellent. It was excellent. And actually, I was still working at the other school while, you know, I was you know, working on developing the program. So, but it's, it was amazing to watch what happens when you, I would go to people. And I think, you you know, when we first met and started talking, you know, this idea of tell me what you do, tell me what you do best. What are your strengths? What do you like to do? What do you want to do? And it just seems so natural to turn to teachers and say, you know, I need to know where your gifts are. What are your gifts for teaching? What do you excel at? And, you know, I believe really strongly and don't go, you know, don't work on your weaknesses, you know, run with your strengths. Sure. And remember also the other thing, too, that we all did was we would remember when we sat around and we said, hmm, what kind of person do we need next? Yeah. And remember, we all said, ah, we need like somebody who's really gifted in materials development. And that was the goal was then to find out who could do that, who could, you know, help improve the materials and the idea of just working together. And I think that's, I always think back to that time as an example of, see, it can be done. Mm -hmm. Right. And we used to do the, I think you taught the reading and listening class, correct? Did you have speaking and listening also? Speaking and listening is mostly what I did. Okay. I, I think I had one reading. Okay. Yeah. So remember that what would happen at the end of each semester is that we had the interview questions for evaluating students' responses, and you would interview not students from a different class, not your own. So we had a built-in kind of test. So, yeah, I, I think it can be done. And I'm also the worst person in a coordinated program. I'm like you. I don't want to do that. But 
going back to something, I was just talking to somebody at a school where I, I teach um, part-time, and I'm not in the English language program, which I found out is a coordinated program, and I asked mm. somebody about it, and they said, we're using this one textbook, and we're not allowed to use supplementary materials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they said, and if you want to use supplementary materials, and... If you whatever you do, don't we don't want you to do a good job? <laughs> oh, geez. well, I'm sorry. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I, you know, this again is the difference between me, you know, 15 years ago and now. And I said, oh, really? That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, thank God I'm not in this program. And then. It came up that if you want to use supplementary materials, you have to submit them like weeks early. And I'm thinking again, I'm thinking again to, um, you know, the time when you're in class and something comes up and, you know, you've, your computer's plugged into the projector and you kind of go, oh, wow, this material will be perfect for right now to help the students understand this even better, Right. And, you know, mm -hmm. you throw that, you know, thing on the board and you go, okay, everybody, hold off on your textbooks. Hold on. We've got to take a look at this. Imagine not, imagine being specifically told you cannot use supplementary materials. And what I find shocking about that is you show me a textbook that doesn't require um, supplementary materials and I'll show you the holy grail of textbooks. Oh, I mean, I'm thinking... You know, usually it requires two textbooks if you're using textbooks. There's one textbook and you think, okay, this one's great, but it need to adapt it. And I'm going to adapt it either with this other textbook or yeah, with my it doesn't materials. Have, it doesn't have B, D, and H. Yeah, we need to pull that from somewhere else. Right, yeah. exactly. I have never seen the textbook that has everything. But so anyway, I just thought I'd mention that in terms of programs. Um, but that that's pretty amazing, though. I mean, that... that, that uh, well, I just... I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no supplemental materials. That's pretty... Insane it's lame. It's lame, I think. I'm sorry, you know? The fact of... You know, that's assuming... Now, I should have asked, right? And, all kinds of assumptions. Uh, I mean, it's just like... Yeah, all over. I mean, go. It's like, where do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where do I want to start? And I would start with... This is why I'm shocked by it. Is that I think the textbook is... Let's say, if you take certain course and that textbook is assigned to all students wow now that assumption that means that okay let's say you make an accurate assessment of the student's ability and that textbook really hits that median middle student and let's be technical and let's say you that textbook can actually cover one standard deviation up and one standard deviation down right well, what that means is that you're missing, you know, 20% both ways, 10% on the top or more yep. and 10% on the bottom. You're just writing them off and you're writing them off because the top kids are going to be bored out of their mind to just do it. And they're not going to make any, have any learning gains. Your lower level students are lost. Mm -hmm. And it's in those situations that 
the supplementary supplementary camps. <laughs> I'm so shocked by this. The supplementary materials are. You know, if we get through this episode without stroking out, we're going to be doing well, really well. It's interesting. <laughs> we should, but by the way, Tony, we should tell people that this is the episode we've like been trying to avoid <laughs> because we we were so emotionally involved in this one, right? Because, you know, I know it can be done right. We know oh, that this yeah, we, can be yeah, done we, we well. Witnessed it, yeah. And I think yeah. it's what you know, you've said and I've said before. The fact that it can be done correctly and done well but is not – makes one think – It's, it's that, so rarely that, done that way. Right, that yeah. there's some intentional plan to not allow learning to occur. But Yeah, it's almost like that. You almost have to start believing that. Yeah, that there's some plot, there's some cabal, there's some conspiracy. But <laughs> Right, so this is an example again of how could – Anybody, knowing what we know about education and learning and language learning, how could anyone with any experience implement that program? That's just control. That's just an interest in control. It's a lack of trust in the teachers. It's taking away the gifted teachers. And even worse, Tony, this is what I think it really does, is let's say you have an new or younger or inexperienced teacher in that situation, that person has no room to explore. Hmm. And I strongly believe that it's that second year of teaching whereby the first year when the teacher goes in speaking for myself and you know nothing and you're flailing. Oh, yeah. The whole year is just a whole series of panic attacks. Right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> oh, actually, the, my whole career has been a series of panic attacks. It's like, oh, no, this isn't working again. <laughs> and it's that second year, I think, that's so magical because that's when I, I've saw it in myself and I've seen it in other teachers I've, when I've observed them or I know I've talked with them where the ex great experimentation and the exploration occurs where they're not panicking so much, and then you just go out and you try anything. So by creating a program like that, that doesn't allow the newer teacher to explore or an experiment within a controlled, let's say, environment, and you don't allow the experienced teacher to bring in everything that they know and their materials that they've developed. And I've seen incredible materials developed by teachers. Um, I just find that frightening, just shocking. Mm, absolutely. But let's go to the other side. <laughs> we Let's balance this out a little bit, which is the totally uncontrolled or the supposedly coordinated program that is completely run in an inept manner. And this oh. is the one I think I've told you about where I went to a coordinated program. I was asked to teach there. Um, and I went in and I said to the coordinator, what are the goals and objectives? And the person said, finish the textbook. Imagine where my motivation yeah, yeah. went. Yeah. I was yeah. like, excuse me, you're, you're, you're qualified to do this because, you know, and, you know, I'll be honest. I, and you know, exactly. You would have felt the same way. I had absolute, I was totally demotivated. I, no, no, no. I disagree. I, for me, that's golden. That's golden. That's for me. That's a gift. It's like okay, I have been told like yeah, you don't good care attitude. what I do. That's a good. You don't care what I do. It's like okay, wonderful. Except so you don't. There, there are no goals. It's like okay, can I give me these kids, and I'll look at them. And after the after the first day, it's like okay, listen, okay, this is what you guys can. These are what you guys can do. This is what you're good at. This is what you're not so good at. 
And this is probably, I'm guessing, what's going to be most useful for you in the future. And what's, and the spring, you know, mixed with what's, are you going to enjoy and how are you going to enjoy this? Say, okay, now, okay, I'm going to go home after this first class and I'm going to, I'm going to build something for you guys and we're going to have a hell of a time and you're going to learn some stuff and we're going to finish the textbook. Okay. Somehow. But whatever the textbook is, we but, might even open but, it. But, <laughs> we might even yeah, open yeah, it. But, but, but. The, the class was co-taught by another teacher on a different day. Ouch! I just had to add that. You understand now? <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> you understand now? Why? Oh, man. You, you, yeah. you did that on purpose. <laughs> no, no. You actually interrupted, I think. <laughs> Sorry. I was so excited. I, like, oh, yeah. I want to work there. <laughs> right. Because I understand exactly what you're saying. And that, yeah, you know, at that point, it's like, okay, so I... Okay, I can get through the textbook, which means the students just have to answer the questions at the back of each chapter. And I could do a whole lot, but no, I had to work with another teacher. And, you know, that, as you just, you know, <laughs> said, that changed everything. So that's the other way. And then there are the other programs where they say, here are the suggestions, what we'd like you to do. And then please select from these textbooks and, you know, that's kind of the coordination and they set general goals, but you still don't know what the other teachers talk about because this is a program where I might get a second year student who's been taught by another teacher in the first year. So there is the, you know, there is a good argument that programs need to be coordinated, that they have to have standards that yeah. each, and it would be, I'm just saying it would be great. Yeah. You know, if that, if for that program, they said the students in, oh, well, you know, I'm a firm believer in exit proficiencies. <laughs> and I think that's a great way to evaluate your students. By the end of the semester, the students should be able to do X, Y, and Z, right? Mm. You know? And say, that's so make sure these are the minimal requirements we have. Right. Mm. Is that students should be able to do X, Y, Z. So when you get the students for the B side of the A class, you know that they have achieved those goals. And you're not going to repeat it. I mean, unless you want to recycle and refresh and, and double chance it. But, yeah, you know what they're supposed to know and you know what you've got to work with. And, you know, you can maybe use what they build on what they learned in that other semester to do something else. So yeah, absolutely. Right. And those, that, that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. And it's a good thing to have. Right. And it's, you know, it works in terms of objectives and goals, but I think it's a lot better than saying, you know, you know, the way it's usually phrased, which is not in, you know, a student will be able to do right. It's a great thing to do is to say, here's the behaviors. Here are the things, the observable behaviors that will indicate students have learned, right? And you have your behavioral indicators. You know, at the end of the semester, students will be able to give a eight minute presentation using vocabulary, you know, within the, you know, first 2000 most frequent words, let's say, plus the academic word list. And we can get into this later. I'm just being very technical here. We'll be able to use, let's say, presentation software to explain data in, you know, three charts and graphs 
using statistics. You know, you know where I'm going, the whole point. Yep, yep, yep. And when you do that, that's great. But at one place I work, it's the teachers have the textbook suggested, and they can choose from that suggested list. But for me, I get, you know, let's say 20 students in the class, let's say, there's a combination of five or six different teachers who they originally come from, probably all with different textbooks. I don't know that they've accomplished or they've achieved everything. So again, I am a believer in coordinated programs because I think that having those shared proficiencies for each class and knowing when a student leaves a class and gets a mark of a C, passes that class, that they have a certain minimal level of the word I'm looking for, a certain level of abilities, and they've achieved a certain amount within a semester. I have no problem or, with that. Or, I think nobody has. Or at least, uh, at least you know that they've been exposed to it and they've had some, whether they actually mastered it or they got achieved some level of competency. At least you know that they've been exposed to it and they're supposed to have done right. this and know this. You can, you can, you're safe, kind of, in assuming that they can kind of know what you're talking right. about. And one yeah. can understand the source for testing and assessment that to make sure that everybody's achieved that. And I think a real easy way to do that and to make sure to some degree that people don't teach to the test is that those tests, the students, let's say you want to assess whether or not students have achieved the proficiencies you desire you test the students, let's say, anonymously. Well, the assessment tool is everything. But yeah. it doesn't have to be directed for each student. In other words, what we no. just want to do is you want to see how many students in the program have actually assessed that. And then, right. but if you start assessing it by class and then connecting it to the teachers, which would be ideal in an environment where teachers feel supported and trust the administration and the administration is trustworthy and trusting where that trust is going both ways, then you can use testing as a good tool because then the teachers will not push to teach to the test. Right. Right? So the only right. way I can see for solving the problem, with because there's just not that much trust right now given the pressures in universities and you know the things we've talked about, and I think the general attitude of people who coordinate or administer coordinated programs is one that they're not bottom-up, they don't really trust the teachers. There's not a lot of communication. There's not a lot of share. You know, a perfect example of this is that you're not paid for your meetings as a part-timer. Hmm. Pay for my meeting as a part-timer. Well, there's so much of it, yeah. That would just, a, would just, certainly a big you know, even a thousand yen, big even a thousand yen, right? Something. Yeah, even something, <laughs> please, don't, right, would indicate that we understand that you're taking up your time. Yeah, and that your input and your presence is of right. some well, value. Yeah, or or create a meeting where it's all input, and I know you're listening to me, right? Right. Instead of me going because you require my input as a means of improving your program, not that you're actually you know really working on that level. And that kind of input can be gotten by talking and sitting down with people at lunchtime, also. But yeah, there's all kinds ways of ways to, do to, it. to anyway. get it, but it's just like right. it's so it's so unusual. Right. Let me just, just let me underscore that it's so unusual for that to happen. Yes, and that's it's so rare, and which is which is sad. Yes, and that's why because it's so much so much valuable information out there with the, with the people who are out there doing. It. It's like all you gotta do, you know, and 
you know, teachers' rooms at lunch. It's like, you know, you almost wish that they were being bugged. Yeah. Well, that was so the idea of our, listen. Listen to what the hell's going on. Put a microphone. Yeah. They record it anyway. Just listen. But to go back to it, so given all those experiences and given the attitudes, I think that if I were going to create a coordinated program again, one of the things I would do would be anonymous testing of students. Hmm. Hmm. Right, and I wouldn't know which class they were in, but that would allow. If I were, you know, coordinating a program, right, that would give you a valuable amount of feedback to share with everybody. Hey, take a look. The students in the first, you know, semester speaking class, 70% tested in terms of a good, a well-designed test, a well-designed assessment instrument, correct? That's really vital. But to say... Vital. Yeah, very, an very Unbelievable. Very creating, a va- uh, creating a good assessment tool that provides feedback immediately and is a learning experience and helps the student to synthesize information into knowledge. <laughs> Whoa. We have a whole lifetime of discussions on that. Is how I would, I think, one of the in- changes I would make in a program if I were able to run another program again or, you know, to administer a program. And there's no pressure on the teacher to be, to feel that, hey, you know, people are watching me, people are spying on me. Because that's yeah, the immediate... competitive thing, That's right? the response. It's like, it's like oh my God, yeah. if my students don't do well, somebody's going to evaluate me this give way. give me a bad mark. Or something, and, there, and therefore, you even without consciously doing it, you will teach to the test. Sure, you can't help right, it. Right, exactly. But if there's no, if the students are being assessed generally, anonymously, and you can't connect the student to the teacher, right, it would work great. Right, right. It would work, but you could connect the students to the teacher when there's a program where people trust everyone. Mm-hmm. And you know that, you know, it's kind of like, I'm sorry. And if you're you know, if you're a conscientious teacher, you actually want that information and say, "Okay, I'm I'm not doing something. I, yeah, I'm not doing whatever I'm doing is not working. So I need to work on something. Right. It's, it's helpful information. And you need a program where you're not punished for saying that, or right. people don't think. Well, if you were an experienced good teacher, you I, this as I heard once where I went in and asked a similar question like this once. And this is, you know, I kind of have a reasonable amount of pride on my teaching ability. And I had about, oh, I don't know, 15 years teaching experience. And I said, hey, you know, I'm really not sure what to do about this situation. And somebody said, well, if you were really a good teacher and experience, you would know what to do. And, of course, this was somebody who'd been out of a master's program for about th- two years. You know what I mean? Did, did you hit him? Did you hit him? <laughs> yeah, go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Silence is indicting. I don't know. Um, no, I didn't. But, you know, you you know, you know, can imagine. I know what you mean. <laughs> but, but you've kind of heard stuff mean. like that, too. So what we're doing here is what we're saying is that if there's going to be a coordinated program, number one, it has to be based on a bottom-up basis where the teacher's input is respected. There has to be trust. There has to be an incredible amount of work on the administrators to let people know that their opinions matter, that their input matter, that they're respected, that it's not a penalizing system, that data that's collected and is used is to help people achieve and improve, right? Well, yeah, you're talking about that whole kind of in creating that kind of environment. I mean, that's that's How, a, the Sistine Chapel itself. But, I mean, but that, it's not that hard to do. You and I know that. It's not that hard to do if you're in the coordinator position. 
if you're in the coordinator position and if you can and if you're able and if you know and if you there's a whole lot of ifs that go into that and so yes it's you you know what to do or we know what to do um but that's a whole lot of ifs that need to get aligned for that to happen. So no, there's nothing intrinsically difficult about it. It's not That's like the walking key. on water. <laughs> there's nothing but intrinsically you got to know what to, difficult. You gotta you gotta know what to do. And that is uh, how do you we you know when you talked about teacher training, it's like you know, in terms of like, you know, teaching administration or teaching, you know, higher level type, you know, people the principals, people the coordinators, stuff like I don't I don't know what they're doing. Right. But, and teachers under attack again and being attacked by other yeah. teachers. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that general you know, feeling. So we know it can be done. We know that there are options. Um, I think we both agree that you know, there's this middle ground that could achieve an incredible amount, would benefit almost every teacher and every student, and it just requires a little bit of practical awareness and allowing people to i again allowing your talented people and your other your teachers in general to run with it and creating a place where you know as we said where you can come in into the teacher's lunchroom or lunch area and turn around to somebody said you know what (laughs) i totally bombed you guys got a few minutes to help me out and that's considered a great thing. Yeah. And I think... Yeah, that's really... Yeah. And, and we know that... Yeah, it's great when it happens. Yes, when it happens, it's a great thing. And I've been in a couple of situations where it's been like that, where I've worked with people. But overall, in coordinated programs, it's hard to say that because most of the time is, what do you mean? We gave you the material. Yeah. The material's been yeah, tested you... over three, four years. Obviously, if it didn't work... It's, you, it's your problem. Yeah, which is kind of like... um. Excuse me, <laughs> waving your hand up. There are other variables, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and I could go on and on. But I do. I'm not against coordinated programs, but I think there's the people, or when they're running coordinated programs, don't place enough. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. It's like yeah. It's like no. You're, you're right. There's no, intrinsically with coordinated programs. There's nothing bad about it. It's like. Who's doing the coordinating, and, and what are the criteria, and what are the ba- what's the basis for it, and how is it done, how is it executed? I mean, the the it devils in the details, right? It's like coordination by itself is generally doesn't is not necessarily <clears throat> not necessarily a bad. And I thing, think it's a but, good thing in general, right? Mm. If it's you know, well, I think in general it's a bad thing. But. Well, I think in general because <laughs> <laughs> I because I think it's like the odds of all right, these things lining okay. up in a in a good way are probably. I'd rather be on my own, but but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I understand. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I and I understand your yeah. point too. We just like we we're just like we're just going to bet on. You're going to bet on black. I'm going to bet on red. <laughs> That's uh, oh roulette. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky seven, lucky seven, or is that that's craps or something like that? (laughs) But okay, daddy needs a new bird. So I think, but we both generally agree on most of it, and I just wish that there was more of an emphasis on the interpersonal relations in the coordinated programs. That people looked around and did a little bit more of what's the Japanese word? Is is it nemawashi? 
Nemoashi is uh, yeah, yeah, watering the, pre- the roots, right? Yeah, before the before you setting things up before. Just, the, yeah, and the, basically the it just means thing. really talking to people, you know. And I remember, you know, the old the old thing where people said, you know, I have a my door is my office door is always open, right? And I always wanted to, you know, turn this. And I did have one time when I did have a management position, and I learned something really interesting, which is. Go talk to people at their desks when you want to talk to people and hear what they have to say. You sit in the visitor's chair if you want to hear what people really want to think. You know? Don't make... So it's, it sounds like a petty thing. But it's, it's not petty no, at it, all. I think that's... It's not you at all. You can see that. You know, it's really a... You yeah, know, sure. I'm in it's the guest huge. chair asking you. Oh. It's very is your different space. from me sitting behind my desk in yes. my office. In a power position. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, when you talk to a student, right? At their desk, you squat down and you get under their eye level mm. so that, you know, you're looking up at them. That makes all the difference in the world in how much they're going to talk to you instead of towering yeah, I, over I was just student. I just tower over them with my arms crossed. <laughs> Tony Sensei, Tony Sensei, I'm sorry, I will never be late again. <laughs> I will never copy my friend's homework ever again. Please, 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 no karate. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, okay, that's exactly as a response. I think that's a good for. time to leave. I think I'm losing it at this point in time with yeah. this image of you towering over students, <laughs> and the student is me begging for, <laughs> begging so. for the minimum, the least painful penalty. So. I think so. Yeah, like to sum up, you know, like the advantages, you know, the, uh, the the you know clearly defined goals and objectives, and can't be argued with where they want to go. Yeah, that that is really a big thing, right? And it minimizes the damage that can be done by a poor teacher, an experienced teacher, I mean, whatever. It's like it 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 sets up a uh, especially with you know at least the goal, if not like the route to the goal. Um, and if done well, you know, if you, for example, if you're coordinating your speaking classes, your reading classes, your writing classes, and being able to, whatever, the, you know, leaving the, the method to the teacher um, in terms of the, the content and things, whether, it, you know, whether it's vocabulary or structure, um, being able to recycle that across classes and in a different context is invaluable, for, I mean, for student retention. Um the question of whether it's more or less work for the teacher, as I, some people said, it was a reduced work. I said, well, it's, it's uh, for me, it would be extra work. And um, disadvantages, um, yeah, you know, the loss of, for the teacher, the loss of flexibility, um, the argument that one size does not fit all, and if it's the, the program is not designed well, um, if it's not doesn't fit your students, you're hamstrung, and you, no matter what you do, if you're constrained by this, by the you know, requirements of this coordination, um, it really makes your job a lot harder. Mm. Um, the question of needs assessment, you know, if that's not accurate, if that's not spot on, um, like you said, the use of one textbook, uh, or it, you know, the, the, my example with the, where the, the university hasn't really responded to the change in the level of the student that it's submitting, um, your, yeah, this denial is just like, just makes the teaching the, the classroom experience for the students and the teacher just so much more difficult and in some cases it can really hobble um a, a capable teacher who might have the creativity and the um, uh, inspiration to go in a completely new, you know present it with a, a, a mad you know 
a, a class with like exceptional personality or a set of characteristics like oh these guys would be great you know for this you know they happen to be theater majors and it's like okay well why don't we just channel all this stuff into creating like a exactly. theater production at the end of the year and it's like well no you can't do that you got to do page 36 it's like yeah. excellent <laughs> so it can it can really be disastrous in that way yeah. but i think um i think what you said in terms of this kind of coordinated program the important element would be creating that environment where the information flow from the teachers to the coordinators is clear and open and is used where the teachers experiences in the classroom whether the, with the teachers strengths the students who are in the classroom um, having that put together f information fed to the coordinator and having that information then channeled into the development of the coordination and that having a, a constant dynamic flow so that the end product is a sin <laughs> here, we're, here, we're, here we're going into a synergistic <laughs> <laughs> You are from California. You are from California. Yes, you have succumbed. Okay. You, must, you have to admit it. You know you're guilty. As charged. And I guess, and I guess this episode is finished. By the way, for everybody, that's just because Tony and I like to give each other a hard time over the Chicago, California thing. But I wanted just to, you know, add a little bit to that, Tony. Go. Sorry, and that is that I think you've really hit on all the really key points, and that there's a. There's a very simple solution, and anyone who's running a coordinated program who believes that you have to script things out, then do me a favor. Script it out for 60 minutes of a 90-minute class and give your teachers 30 minutes to do the other things. That's cool. That's a fair compromise. But then you say, well, then teachers won't achieve everything. Well, <laughs> well their class 30 minutes early. <laughs> that, maybe that's what people think. But, you know, if, yeah, that's what people if, you think. if you're in a coordinated program, running a program, and you don't think it's going to accomplish it, run the test. It's a coordinated program. Go ahead and randomly assign classes to a 90-minute script and a 60-minute script, giving teachers and see who achieves more at the end. I would love to see what happens on that. But the other thing, too, I just wanted to say is that I, you know, when I was doing the program and – I really, I, I figured this out afterwards that I wish I had a chance to run another program or be in charge of some kind of, you know, group of teachers. Because I would say that I have only one job as a coordinator or an administrator, and that is to help teachers achieve peak performance in the classroom. Tell me how to help you. I would love to hear that, wouldn't you? I, I I did hear it and I love yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just saying it can be done, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, and that's you know turning turning it on its head. You know when um, I'm sorry again, but when when you were recording that program and he says, yeah, you know I serve the teachers, I don't serve anybody else. It's like I want to. I'm here. The to, teachers to make, don't to serve the, the program. Teachers do their job, <laughs> right, right? I'm here to help you do what you the best that you can do. What what, what do you need from right. me? And I just want to tie that in and say there's basically an accepted thing that we're now moving to this notion, this idea, right, of group learning, independent learning, self-regulation of students, et cetera, lifelong learning, that teachers are facilitators of student learning. I would really like it if the administrators realized that you are facilitators of teacher productivity. 
That, yes, there's huge responsibility that yes. is. Yeah, but I'd like to see the, you know, like, you know, it's always amazing, right? The administrators yeah. have the teachers evaluated, but teachers don't get to evaluate the administrators. How <laughs> about Okay, so coordinated programs. Love to hear from people who are working in programs. Let us know what you think. Do you like them? Do you not like them? Do you think we're you know, off the deep end in our attitudes and ideas. And you can... Yeah, you coordinators out there, we piss you off? Yeah, let us know. We'd love to. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, and, and by the way... By, Have at By us, the way, man. open call. Anybody who disagrees with us who's like a coordinator, welcome to come on to the show. And, you yeah, know, state sure. your opinions and let us know how you think we're wrong and why you believe we're wrong. That would be wonderful because we want that discussion. We want that. Yeah, there's all kinds of ways of looking at a problem, right? We we try to cover it all, but we're only two heads. Yes, and know? we're only just two, you know, two guys who like tired, their independence. Tired worn out yes. heads. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and you can do that by emailing us at two teachers talking at gmail.com, going to our website two teachers talking.com. We're on iTunes at two teachers talking. There's a a Skype line actually, and isn't there Tony? Skype also, which is surprisingly two teachers talking okay all right so a little longer than we thought tony yeah i was hoping for a short i, one I think the listeners were hoping for a short <laughs> one probably nobody's listen and <laughs> if you're listening at this point in time we tip our hats to you for your patience and understanding yes. so for another time tony there we go okay bye <laughs>